from the Gift of Podcast Studios, it's The Delight Show, and here's your host, Matt Chappell. Thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Delight Show. I am your host, Mance Chapel. You may have one time called me The Delight Incarnate. You may have one time called me Mr. Monday Morning. You may have one time called me Mr. Monday Night Delight. But I am Mance Chapel, the host of The Delight Show. And it's a great, great honor to have you here with me on the first show. Now, a couple housekeeping things. One, if you hear what sounds like a lawnmower in the background, it's because... My neighbors are mowing their yard, um, and that doesn't sound like a big deal. No one really cares if someone mows their yard, uh, but these people are obsessive about it. They cut their grass every single day, every day, and it's not like they have, like my grandfather had a five-acre hay farm that had to be cut, and my grandfather would get on the John Deere, the little one, and he'd go out every single day of his life and cut a portion of this grass. Uh, even five days after a quadruple bypass surgery, which, in case you're wondering, will open your chest stitches up like a zipper. But no, these people have about a quarter of an acre, and they cut this grass every single day. There is maybe a quarter inch difference between yesterday and today, but my God, they're not going to have it. Uh, and every time they come up to the front of their house, you're going to hear a little bit of a buzz sound. You might as well hear a fan. It's hot. Uh, today, in the Gift of Podcast Studios, yes, I have built the Gift of Podcast Studios to record The Delight Show. And I'm very happy to have you here with me. And you're probably wondering, what is The Delight Show? Well, if you're familiar with the Gift of Podcast, which considering this show is on Russell Attic Radio, you probably are. Um, you remember the Gift Podcast, myself, uh, doing wrestling commentaries each and every week, family-friendly vibe. Th- that's what it was. Uh, except the last one, which was definitely not family-friendly. Um, if you remember last year, uh, around Thanksgiving, I announced that due to my father's declining health, I was going to be stepping back because I wanted to spend more time with him. I wanted to focus on that, focus on my job, focus on my family, Um, and then we got quarantined, and I can't go to my job, and I can't really see my dad right now, Uh, although I saw him yesterday from a good distance away, Um, and I've been with my family for seven weeks now, and so I decided it was time to take up the podcast once more. So this is The Delight Show. Uh, Once a month here on Russell Addict Radio, I'm going to break down what happened in wrestling the past month. Um, I know I'm not going to get everything. I'm going to forget some major things here and there. Uh, But it being April, we're going to talk about WrestleMania. We're going to talk about the quarantine and how it's affected wrestling. And we're going to look ahead to Money in the Bank and uh, Double or Nothing for AEW. Now... How will this show differ from the Gift Podcast? Well, like I said, it's going to be once a month here on Russell Addict Radio. Now, I say that specifically because the show will come on four times a month. But this is not just a wrestling show. Here on Russell Addict Radio, I'm going to give you the delight show talking about wrestling. But if you go over to my new uh, 
Anchor channel, which will be launched next week. And I don't know the name yet. I'm hoping it's going to be The Delight Show. Uh, but that might be taken. But if you uh, go over there, you're going to hear me talk about TV and movies. You're going to hear watch-alongs. I watch some of the most garbage movies I can find to watch during quarantine. You're going to hear me talk about those movies. Movies I love. Video games I love. Books. All kinds of things. Not just professional wrestling. But once a month, I promise you, I will come here to Wrestle Addict Radio and break down the month before in professional wrestling. And that's what we're here to do today. One other thing, of course, Skip's podcast was always family-friendly. It was always PG. Uh, the Delight Show is probably going to be PG-13. Not the worst thing you've ever heard, but I might let a hell damn rass slip here and there, as I just did. Uh, but let's get into April in professional wrestling. April is a magical time. The last two Aprils, I've gone to WrestleMania. This year, I, I knew about a week after Mania last year, with my dad's health and my financial situation, I just couldn't afford to go to WrestleMania this year. But that's okay. Nobody did. Uh, the coronavirus novel COVID-19 pandemic, as we're living through right now, has rendered all of us unable to go to wrestling shows. And uh, I haven't been to a wrestling show since WrestleMania of last year. When I walked out of that stadium and into that parking lot and hung out with Rick and hung out with Dave and the fourth wall guys, it was the last time I went to a wrestling show, which is uh, ridiculous. I should go to more wrestling shows, but nobody is right now, so you do what you gotta do. We are in the era of the empty arena. It's it's weird, right? It was weird the first couple. But it's kind of become the norm we're focusing more on the wrestling and the wrestlers than we are the crowd we're not hearing cm punk chants we're not seeing beach balls although to be fair we haven't seen beach balls in a while um but but wrestling is becoming the forefront of wrestling if that makes any sense to you and i and i kind of love it i yes i can't wait to have crowd reaction to hear the pops i would have loved to hear the pop when Drew McIntyre put down Brock Lesnar. I would have loved that. I would have loved to hear the boos. All the boos. When Charlotte Flair tapped out Rhea Ripley. And to be fair, I agree with that decision. A lot of people didn't. I, I liked Charlotte as the winner. But we do what we do with what we have. And what we have is the era of the empty arena. And, you know, it's kind of okay. Um, a lot's happened the last month. Let's dive into WrestleMania. Uh, and the big thing about WrestleMania, two big things. One, in the arena, which we already covered. Two, it was over two nights. Two nights of WrestleMania. And God, that was so much better. As someone who went to the last two, as someone who walked in the stadium, and, and Ant and Phil will attest to this, I'm a wrestling fan. I wanted to go into the stadium when the gates opened. I wanted to sit down, and by the time the Battle Royal started, I wanted to be sitting, ready to go. Now, I need not have worried. They got there in plenty of time, too, but I went first. I got food. I was content and seated by the time the Women's uh, women's Money in the Bank started at WrestleMania. Now, that being said, eight hours is too long for a show. I sat down in that stadium at about 2 in the afternoon, and I didn't leave until Becky Lynch... 
uh, pinned Ronda Rousey at 12.25 that next morning. And actually, I didn't leave then because I was stuck at the freaking top of the MetLife. But four hours and four hours, and not even, neither show was four hours long, was kind of beautiful. I endorse this for next year. Now, that does mean I'm not going to see an XT TakeOver in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm looking ahead. I'm trying to make plans. I've never been to Los Angeles. I want to go. I'm actually, let me phrase this. I'm going. But I'm not going for five or six days like I did in New York and like I did in New Orleans. I'm going to get there on Saturday morning. I'm going to get to my my, uh, Airbnb. I'm going to take a little relax. I'm going to take a little swim. If the pool they say they have, they actually have. I'm going to get a shower. I'm going to get some food. I'm going to go to either TakeOver Saturday night or WrestleMania night one. It's going to be a good time. Then, on Sunday, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to either go to all-day WrestleMania or, to be fair, if they cut it to a night, a later WrestleMania, a shorter WrestleMania, and a later start time, I might just enjoy Los Angeles a little bit. It's going to be a great time. But two nights would be so much cooler than one night. Yes, I'll miss TakeOver. And yes, that is some of the best wrestling I saw in New York was at TakeOver. But I'm okay with two-night WrestleMania in Los Angeles. Uh, Monday, I will be in Los Angeles Monday, but I'm already making plans not to go to Raw, but to go to Disneyland. Because I've been to Disney World, but I've never been to Disneyland, and I'm a, just a huge kid at heart. So... If anybody wants to go to Disneyland, let's talk about that. See what we can figure out on uh, on Monday of next year's WrestleMania. Presuming we're allowed to leave the house. Um, God, I hope so. I hope everyone's doing well in the pandemic. But let's talk about the actual big moments of WrestleMania night one. Good and bad. And, and I'm going to throw a bad at you first. Becky Lynch pinned Shayna Baszler. Um, and the match... The best way I can describe the match is that it seemed like it was the last 15 minutes of a 30-minute match. It seemed like they started in the middle of a match with Shayna just beating on Becky, and then all of a sudden Becky got a surprise slip on a banana peel roll-up and survived Shayna Baszler. And what's worse, we haven't seen Becky Lynch since. I don't know. It really kind of killed Becky a little more. Yes, she's been she's been women's champion for three hundred eighty something days now, and that's fantastic. And I don't get me wrong, I'm still I love Becky Lynch, but the Oscar thing, the weird outfits, and then this cheap victory over Shayna Baszler, that's no good. I think it really hurt the the Becky Lynch mystique. Hopefully, they uh, rehab that in the future, but it also hurt Shayna. Now Shayna's been killing people left, right, and sideways at Money in the Bank. I think she'll kill a couple more. But we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get there. Braun Strowman, my hero, destroyed Bill Goldberg and righted a wrong that really, uh, in a weird way, didn't really seem like what I wanted. You see, if you remember correctly, the last Gift of Podcast, which I didn't know was going to be the last Gift of Podcast when I did it, uh, I went on a 12-minute profanity-laden uh, rant against one Bill Goldberg because he'd beaten The Fiend for the title. But Roman stepped up. Roman was going to be the guy. Like, All right, I'm cheering for Roman Reigns. I, it's not that I dislike Roman Reigns, but, you know, the, the times I want him not to be the guy. I wanted him to be the guy, and then Roman stepped out 
due to illness, due to his own compromised immune system, which I completely understand. I have no beef on Roman for that. And they put Braun in, just cause. And, okay, that's the way it is. Braun wins the title. He survives a couple of spears. He hits a couple of power slams. Braun's the universal champion. I, I like Braun. I wanted him to be champion for a while. This just seemed a little cheap on how to do it. Uh, a couple high spots of the night before we get to the main event. Kevin Owens diving off the WrestleMania sign onto a table with Seth Rollins on it. That's awesome. Um, we've joked for years about Shane McMahon or somebody jumping off the WrestleMania sign. Well, it finally happened, and this is the only way it could. I'm completely okay with that. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross won the women's tag titles to become the only two-time, two-time women's tag team champions. I, I, I like that. I actually... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and people are going to disagree, but I think this is the best women's match of the whole damn weekend. I do. I just... I enjoyed it the most. I had the most energy. And yes, it was the first match in the main card. But it definitely was better than Becky and Shayna. I think it was better than Rhea and Charlotte, although on rewatch, that one's better than I thought. And while fun, it was way more important than the women's five-way. But let's get to the main event, the Boneyard match, which was, in fact, a Buried Alive match. But they couldn't say Buried Alive because people are actually dying. It's a Boneyard match. And so AJ arrives in a casket in a hearse. Um, if it had been a casket match, he'd have lost already. But no, he pops out, he's celebrating, and then Dead Man Walking. Booger Red, the American badass, kind of. The Undertaker arrives on a motorcycle, and they fight in a yard. AJ summons his own squad of druids. That was weird that AJ had druids to fight for him. But Undertaker killed all of them. Uh, Undertaker killed the club, and apparently, for good, he sent the club packing, which we'll talk about the releases just a little bit. But um, And then he sent AJ to his death. We haven't seen AJ Except that last shot where AJ, Jason Voorhees his way, I guess Freddy Krueger his way out of the grave, one hand up. But The Undertaker defeats AJ to go, I think, 25-2 and two now at WrestleMania. I think that's the way it is. Um, this was perfect. There was nothing about this I really hated. Um, at the end of this show, it was such a, just a different feel. And I'm someone who loved the Matt Hardy Broken Universe stuff. And we'll talk about Matt Hardy a little bit, too, later on in the show. Um, this worked out really well. Uh, I hate this the last time we saw Gallows and Anderson, at least in WWE. We'll see him somewhere else down the road. You rest assured. But no, the, the Boneyard match, I give 100 stars. 100 stars. Fantastic. Night 2 of WrestleMania... Um, not as good as night one. Better main event. Um, let's talk about Edge versus Orton. There were two big problems with this match. One is about eight minutes too long. It went 36 minutes. They could have wrapped it up cleanly in 28. But it really just felt like two guys who loved one another but hated one another and wanted to beat the hell out of each other. And they did. We could have gotten to the top of that truck with that chair shot a little faster. But, right result, Edge beat Orton. 
it was last man standing. It was it, it went everywhere. They did everything, and I liked it except one spot. And I don't even know if Randy Orton knew what he was doing at the time. They were at a weight bench. He grabbed, uh, I believe it's one of the. Now, as you know, I am a specimen of of, of working outness. Uh, so it's one of the cuffy things that hangs down from a weight bar that you, I think, do pull-ups with. I, yeah, I, specimen. Uh, Edge threaded, or excuse me, Randy threaded Edge's head through that and kind of left him hanging there right after that Benoit documentary came out. Not the best image in the world. No one really cared for that. Um, I don't know if they knew what they were doing. If they, they go, oh, I'll just, I'll choke you with this thing. And then some point down the line realize, oh, hell, shouldn't have done that. But, uh, aside from the hanging spot, aside from the link, I really enjoy this match. It's good to have Edge back. Um, I want to see Edge do some Edge stuff. And he can't do all the Edge stuff. I get that. But I want to see some spears. I want to see some crazy stomping in the corner. And as much, you know, Edge right now cannot be a heel. I want heel Edge back. Uh, I want heel Edge to take the uh, world title off of Drew. That'd be good. Have him win the WWE title off of Drew. Ooh, my brain just did a thing. We'll talk about it later in the show. Uh, Firefly Funhouse match. That was cool. It was not a match. Uh, I love the visuals. I love the puppets. I love the retrospective of Cena and the What If universe of Cena where he was Hollywood Hogan in the NWO. I love that. That was beautiful was not a match um, technically though the uh, the Fiend did beat John Cena which was important, he needed that win but not a match, a lot of fun not a match um, let's talk about the real star of Wrestlemania and that was Otis Dozovic Otis and Dolph faced off Dolph is getting the better of him because Sonya is in his corner. I love the friendship of Sonya and Dolph. Dolph, not, his mind not plagued by trying to get this woman because he cannot get this woman. And they make a formidable team until Mandy Rose came along and punched him right in the balls. Just old school, 90s era, China style, punching the balls, leaving Dolph for dead. A caterpillar later, and Otis has won the match, and Otis has won the girl. And Otis got a kiss from Mandy Rose, and that's the best thing that could have happened in WrestleMania, bar none. And they fired the woman who wrote that segment. So I, 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 it always seems to come back to this: go to hell, WWE. But for that moment, it was good. All was well in the land, and they're still together now. And honestly, Mandy looks a lot better with not the crazy permed hair and wearing the more. Not even like her clothes haven't changed all that much. But there's just something about the mystique she has now that she's with heavy machinery. It's it's much cooler. And maybe it's this other redneck in me. By the way, if y'all could see my beard that I can see in the reflection of my computer, I haven't actually trimmed or touched this beard in seven weeks. I'm getting a little crazy looking. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but we'll talk about the main event and then the actual main event of uh, WrestleMania. Drew versus Brock. This went about as long as it needed to. Drew hit, he got hit with some suplexes. He got hit with some F5s. He hit a bunch of Claymores. And Drew McIntyre is the WWE champion. All as it should be. Nothing to complain about in this match except that Brock Lesnar was in it. But we got past that. 
Drew has ended the reign of the Kofi Slayer. Um, I like Drew as champion. He's been doing some good stuff. He did some stuff with Andrade the next night. Or not the next night. We'll talk about the next night. The next week. Uh, it's good. He's he's coming up against Seth. And I don't much care for that. But it's not Drew's fault. But then the real main event of WrestleMania. 20 minutes later, Drew happens to wander back out to the ring to cut a promo that no one was going to see, apparently. And the big show. The big show. Paul White comes out to the ring with the referee and says, hey, Drew, I want a match. And Drew says, no, I just had the match. And Big Show says, no, you're going to give me a match. And Drew says, no, I'm not going to have a match. And then Big Show slaps him, and Drew's like, okay, I'll have a match. And Drew nearly loses the title. Holy crap. Big Show beat him from pillar to post, from stem to stern. And then Drew hit a claymore and pinned the Big Show. Why did the Big Show get... Were we just solely promoting the Big Show show? Which I watched 15 minutes of. It couldn't... Ooh, ooh, that's a bad TV show. Maybe I'll cover it on the other channel. But, ha. Huh, Drew really lost that title. But, no. Uh, WrestleMania as a whole. Two nights. Empty arena. A lot of good. A lot of bad. I give the whole thing a solid three and a half out of five. It was good. I've seen better Romanias. I've seen worse. I would love to have been there. But I would love for anybody to have been there. What else is happening in the world of wrestling right now? Uh, AEW. I started watching AEW again. And I'm really happy I did. I started the week after Goldberg because I was in a screw WWE mood. They brought in some new talent. Um, Matt Hardy. I guess new is a relative term. Matt Hardy was revealed not to be the exalted one, but to be the fifth man for the elite in a uh, war games match that has never happened, but may happen sometime in the future. Who knows? He's broken again. He is no longer Zenith. He is now Damascus. It's a different, weird demon possessing Matt Hardy. Love it. Love everything he's doing. He's working with Chris Jericho, someone equally as adept as reinventing himself, and they are making magic. Uh, at some point, we're getting either Sammy Guevara or Chris Jericho coming to the Elite Deletion on the Hardy compound. Cannot, cannot wait for that. That should be a lot of fun. The... Dark Order uh, brought out their exalted one, Brody Lee, who is looking awesome, killing dudes, but the whole thing's kind of a gimmicky ripoff of Vince McMahonism. Not McMahonism, the religion, but Mc Vince McMahonisms. Things that he does that are weird. Uh, you can't sneeze his presence, you can't eat in, uh, before him, you can't yawn, you can't. Uh, you have to always wear a suit, and I, I kind of hate that. I think they're starting to drift a little bit away from it, which is nice. Just have Brody Lee kill dudes. We'd be good. They've introduced eight and nine of the Dark Order, but not seven. And I'm wondering if that means at some point, Dustin Rhodes is going to turn on his brother and join the Dark Order as seven. No, that's a terrible idea. Let's not do that. Uh, the last couple weeks, the announced team has been Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho. That's been magic. Chris Jericho, 100% charisma all the time. Tony Schiavone, the voice of my wrestling childhood. Never going to complain about that. The only problem they got, a little bit of a lack of variety. And that is because they taped four episodes, I believe, together. And so it's Sheeta, Britt Baker, the best friends. Uh, we have people we've not seen in a while that I'd love to see. SCU. I want to see the Lucha Brothers. I want to see... The rest of the inner circle. Like, we haven't seen Santana Ortiz in the ring, I don't believe, since uh, then. We haven't actually seen the Bucks or Hangman. We're missing parts because of, of of the pandemic. And we'll get them back, and it'll be fine. 
but I'm really enjoying AEW once again. Um, let's talk about the WWE releases. Another Black Thursday happened, this time on a Tuesday, I believe it was, and WWE cut a bunch of dudes and a bunch of ladies, and it's garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Um, let's see if I can find the list here of everyone who was released. I actually forgot to write this down, so I didn't put this in my notes. Some things never change about my podcasting style. But let's talk about somebody I know got released before the cuts, and that was Dash and Dawson, the revival, or now the revolt, or maybe not, because they're also being sued by an indie team called the revolt who want their, I think it's not sued, but they, people have been saying, hey, don't use our stuff. Regardless, back to what I was actually saying, uh, the Revival have left WWE. They were unhappy there. We all knew this. They have gone on to uh, be suddenly featured in Being the Elite. If you saw this latest episode, Nick and Matt look up in the sky after discussing their uh, current health status. They look up and FTR is written in the sky and I bet they get better real quick because of it. Let's talk about some people, though, that were released in the great culling that happened uh, a couple weeks ago. Kurt Angle uh, hasn't wrestled since WrestleMania 35. He lost to Baron Corbin, of course. He um, he was a backstage producer, but he's been let go. Kurt can do a lot of stuff. He can coach. He can be an ambassador for the IOC. He can just live off the money he currently has. Kurt will be fine. Rusev. Rusev, also uh, unhappy for the longest time. And I hate that for him. But he has left WWE. Um, Lana's still there. Not a great plan. Lana's still with Bobby Lashley. Drake Maverick, uh, who put out this heartbreaking video about what he was going to do next, where he was going to go. He's He's got three matches left. Now two. Um, could he get rehired? Maybe. But uh, Spud could do a lot of things. I don't know that necessarily he has to stay in WWE or retire, but he made, certainly made it seem that way. Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, the club, the OC. I would nearly bet dollars to donuts that they pop up in New Japan sooner rather than later. Um, they could join up with the Bullet Club or fight the Bullet Club. All kinds of things they could do there. A lot of, a lot of stuff for them over there. Eric Young, uh, what a mishandling of talent. Eric Young is fantastic and nothing happened there. Uh, again, Dollars to Donuts, I'd see him in TNA real quick. If they ever do that that retro show, he'll be there for sure. Um, Super Eric and Shark Boy, let's have the reunion. Let's do it. EC3, no big surprise. Again, a mishandling of talent. Where will he go? Impacts? Possibility? AEW? Maybe? I don't really know. I don't know where we're going to see EC3 again. But we definitely need to. Kurt Hawkins. Um, why did he win the tag titles last year? I mean, really. Just for the moment. And then he lost them immediately. I got... I got. I mean, I hate for anybody to lose their job. But this is probably the least affecting me is Kurt Hawkins. Leo Rush. Uh, big surprise there. He's really good. Uh, and no, he. But he's also got a big mouth that gets him in trouble. Leo Rush is going to be fine wherever he ends up. Not going to speculate where he'd end up. 
Heath Slater, he's got kids and uh, he got fired. Um, the longest serving member of the Nexus continually. Of course, Daniel Bryan having two little breaks there. Um, Heath will land on his feet. I, I think he could do great things in the NWA, to be real honest. We'll see where he ends up. Aiden English hadn't wrestled in a while. A good, a decent announcer. Sarah Logan. If I was AEW, I would pay Sarah Logan and put her in my women's division and just kind of beef that up a little bit. You you need some better talent. So well, not some better talent. You need some more talent in that pool. Mike Kyoto, uh, been there forever. A name I've heard since I was a kid. Gone. The Colognes. I didn't know they still work there. Eric Rowan. Kind of surprising, but the man carried a big spider around for a while. Who cares? Mike and Maria Canellis, uh not a big surprise. I think they could do some good things in uh, AEW. They could go uh, back to ROH. They could go back to Impact. They could do some good things there. Zack Ryder, my God, that one hurt. Everyone loves Zack Ryder. Um, but I imagine that AEW's got some good stuff in line for Zack Ryder. No way, Jose, who cares? I mean, I hate that he got fired. It sounds callous. But honestly, who's really crying over No Way Jose being fired? Uh, they fired a mess of agents, a uh, mess of producers. They furloughed them. They they should be back. But the wrestlers have all been fired. That sucks because WWE could have weathered this storm. They just chose not to. And screw them for it. I mean, yeah, let's leave a bunch of people without jobs during this time. Let's look ahead. Our lot of, uh, final segment here. We got two pay-per-views coming up in... Uh, May, possibly. We got double or nothing with AEW. We, one thing we know is going to happen there is the TNA title. Or excuse me, TNT. Ooh, big difference. TNT title uh, finals between somebody and somebody. We hadn't got there yet. We're having the semifinals, I believe, this week and next. It's, um, if you had you know, had to bet, I imagine it's going to be Lance Archer versus Cody Rhodes. I'm going to put money on Lance Archer. I think he's going to win it and walk over Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes is going to chase him till all out. Maybe he'll win it there. But uh, this is kind of Lance Archer's title to lose. And so uh, good on him. Go for it. Money in the Bank is not this Sunday, but next. Uh, what are they doing with Money in the Bank this year? It's the corporate ladder. You have to start at the base floor of Titan Towers, fight your way to the top, fight your way to the top of the ladder, and get the title. That's stupid. And let me tell you why. Nia Jackson gonna throw somebody off the roof. Not on purpose. She'll just like throw somebody too hard, and next thing you know, Oscar's uh, gonna be bouncing off the pavement. That is, I mean, uh, Nia Jackson back and she's hurting people left, right, and sideways. Let's look at the competitors in the uh, women's MITV MITV match. We have Oscar, we have Shayna Baszler, we have Nia Jackson on the. Uh, SmackDown side, we have Dana Brooke, if you can believe it. Uh, we have one qualifying match this week, which will be Sonya Deville versus Mandy Rose. Both a grudge match and a qualifying match. One of them will get in. Um, it's going to be a... going to be... Uh, if it starts to lock up, it's going to be terrible because it's a grudge match. It needs to start with a whooping. And Sonya Deville needs to, needs to lay it in to, uh, needs to lay it in to Mandy for a while. Then Mandy needs to get the squeak out win. I think this is Mandy's to win and go from there. I forgot to say Carmella 
and Lacey Evans. I forgot two whole people. Uh, Carmella and Lacey Evans have made it into the match. Oh no, Carmella or Lacey are man. Holy hell! Mandy Rose will face Carmella this week for the final spot, apparently, which I don't think is right. I something's very wrong with my notes here. Just trust me, it's going to be a lot of fun. On the men's side, Dana Bryan, Ramster, Alistair Black, Baron Corbin, Otis will face off Ziggler to fill the spot. And then Apollo Crews qualified, which was weird. And then unqualified when his knee exploded while he was facing Andrade, kayfabe. So if he was never going to be in the match, why did he win the qualifier? Why did he win up against MVP? Um, who's going to get in that match? I'd imagine Andrade, probably. Could be the other member of the Otis Dolph match. Who knows? Um, but we're going to get there, and everything's going to be a lot of fun there. Ah, okay, looking at my notes finally here, corrected for the women's match. Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jackson, Ron, Dana Brooke, and Lacey Evans from SmackDown, and Manny Rose will face Carmella, not Sonya Deville. So I'm changing that prediction. Sonya Deville will cost Manny Rose that match, and Carmella will get in. And I think Otis will get in, because we need a huge man in that one. Also on this match, uh, this card, Bailey will defend her title against, get this, and I'm not joking, Tamina Snuka. What? I'm all for it. I want Tamina to be the gender mahal of the women's division. Yes, please. Tamina train. Let's do it. And then our world title matches, Braun Strowman will defend the title against Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. Which is genius, because Bray Wyatt can lose. Braun can beat Bray Wyatt. Um, they played up the history between the two, the Black Sheep mask, the he used to be a Wyatt family member. It could be fun. Probably won't be that great technically, but it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and then Seth and Drew will fight for the Universal title, and I cannot express how much I don't want Seth Rollins in the title picture right now. This is garbage. Um, if, he wins the if he does happen to win the title, I want the men's money in the bank uh, winner to win that title from him in 30 seconds just like Ambrose did because let's be honest no one really needs that in our lives anymore um, but yeah that's it that's the first episode of the, the light show here on Wrestle Addict Radio I want to thank everybody everybody for listening in uh, next week I will post links everywhere to my new channel to the, the light show where we will talk about a favorite TV show of mine I won't tell you which one it is but it's always been there for me uh, even when it hasn't been my day, my week, my month, or even my year, it was always there for me. We'll talk about that next week on The Delight Show, and I will see you next time.